Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. We bless and exhort you for your word, which is life and spirit. You've told us, God of glory, to continuously seek you, even through the world. We pray, God, for revelation. We pray, God, for wisdom. We pray, God, for understanding. As we look into your perfect word of liberty, we demand, God, that grace be released to us. So that not just be hearers, but also the doers of that which we are receiving. And in this season, we're asking for that your grace for praise. The grace to see praise as strong, as perfect as it should be. That will keep on giving you the glory that is due you anytime, anywhere we find ourselves. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise the living God. Okay, for instance, I want to continue with our study. And this might be the last part that I want to share on this. Um, with the freedom in praise. I'm trying to explain to us. How important, how effective, how wonderful it is when you come to the place of praise, giving honor and glory to God, saying some good things about God, no matter the situation. Um, I try to explain to you that praise is not just when you sing to God. Praise also has to do with the things you say about God. He's saying about good things about God, saying correctness about God. You know, in times of even difficulties, that when things look frustrating, you still will have the mind and the spirit to speak good things about God. That is praise. Again, we're looking at the four texts. I mean, our text with you, Psalm 117, verse number 1 and 2, that the Lord gave to us to share. Um, and here the Bible says, Oh, praise the Lord, O ye nations. Praise him, O ye people. And it says, verse 2, For his merciful kindness is great towards us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Amen. And I try to tell us that the true meaning of praise, when you look at it from the English uh, translation, I mean, definition means to say, alright, good things about someone or something. It means to express approval. Uh, of someone or something to express thanks to love and to respect. So when you respect God, you praising God. When you speak of the good things the Lord is doing to you, you praising God. When you give testimony about the faithfulness on your behalf, you praising God. I'm saying that wherever you find yourself in the marketplace, wherever you find yourself, you can be praising God by saying how good God is, by saying how faithful God is. It doesn't necessarily have to do with you singing songs in church. Why is that so important? I'm saying even testimonies that you give about God is praising God. Amen? Praise the living God. Because in so doing, you are declaring to people how faithful God can be on your behalf. You're declaring to people how strong God can be in defending those who trust Him. You're telling people that God can never fail if you put your trust in Him. And so we realize that when you start praising God, you're actually operating in faith. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And you come into the place to realize that they that come to the Lord must believe that He is and I say the word out of them that diligently seek Him. You come into the place to realize that the more you talk about God, the more God comes through for you. You come into the place to realize that your conviction about God cannot be thwarted by any circumstance or situation. You're declaring before men, even before your soul, to come to that place of understanding that God has always been faithful and will always remain faithful. You're saying that in the midst of difficult situation, in the midst of terrible situation, as a matter of fact, it's no longer you talking, but another spirit working in you as you see the magnitude and the strength of God in what he can do on your behalf. That is praise. Praise the living God. I'm saying things could be rough, but yet you are still saying God is faithful. And that is what the challenge of praise is. Not because you are expecting something to happen, not because you believe in or hoping something is going to come tomorrow. No, you just come to that conclusion that God is faithful, you love Him for who He is, you trust Him for who He is. 
look at the Hebrew children, like I mentioned before. The tall kingdom of Canaan. We are not concerned about explaining anything to you, whether you trust in the fire or not. If God decides to deliver us, fine. If He chooses not to, God is the God. That is praise to the Father. Amen. Praise the living God. It made us understand how you see the case of Abraham. The Bible says, despite his age, despite the condition of Sarah, Abraham was still giving glory to God. He was not weak in faith, but giving glory to God. There was a declaration that God is faithful as promised, especially if he says some things to you. God can never fail. Praise the living God. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that is praise. Now, I try to say again, praise is based on a total and joyful how do I put this for you it's based on total and joyful acceptance of the presence of part of God's loving perfect will for us in other words we have a situation that seems very contrary to what we were expecting but we come to the place of realizing that in this situation this is the perfect will of God for me at this moment because you see we have said that before all things work together for good. To those who have been called of God. Amen. All things, not some things, they work together for good. No matter what the situation is, you're still going to find good things coming out of the situation where your mind is single unto God. Where your trust is that on God. You're resting completely on God. That no matter what the situation, God is going to come through for me. Amen? So that is what it means. Loving God in whatever situation you find yourself. Trusting God in whatever condition you find yourself. You just know that God is God. Amen? <clears throat> praise is not based on what we think or hope will happen in the future. That is not praise. We are not praising because we all. And let me praise the Lord. Something is going to come good for me. Let me praise the Lord. That is not what praise really stands for. You praising God for just who He is, no matter what, you don't even know <clears throat> what's going to come through. You don't even know what's going to come at the end of the day, but you just praising Him for who He is. Hallelujah. We praise God not for what we expect will happen in and around us, but we praise Him for what He is, for who He is, and where and how. He has seen us right at that moment. We praise Him for who God is. Praise the living God. Alright. It's of course a fact that when we honestly praise God, some, something does happen as a result. His power obviously flows into the situation and we will notice sooner or later a change in us around us has occurred. I made mention of the case of Paul and Silas. When they were praying and praising God, they were not in any way intending that God is going to deliver them. <clears throat> that was not the purpose. That was not the desire. That was not the mindset in praising God. I want you to get that picture clearly. They were not praising because they had the conviction, oh God is going to set us free when we praise Him. That was not why they were praising God. They were just praising God for who He is. In fact, they were rejoicing in the condition they find themselves in prison. Praise the Lord. It was not a desire that when we praise God, we are going to be delivered from the prison. Is that okay? They just have the mind, we're praising God. We thank God for this suffering. We thank God for finding us in this condition. We thank God for whatever it is. We're just praising God for it. And guess what happened? We are told that the foundation of the prison shook. The doors were opened, the chains, everything fell off. Just because we were praising God. So that's exactly what I'm saying. Whatever will come your way while you're praising God, you may not be able to tell. But certainly something is going to happen because you're praising God. Is that okay? Praise the living God. Wake up in the morning, give thanks to God. Just give Him praise. Not only just because you woke up from the bed, but just give Him praise. Just keep on thanking Him. Let's praise surround your atmosphere. Let's praise fill your atmosphere anytime where you find yourself. If you can't even sing, play some music. Let something continuously come forth for that which God may definitely do and certainly will definitely do in the condition you find yourself. Continue to give thanks to God. Amen. Alright. The change may be that we come to experience a real joy and happiness in the midst of what once appeared to be miserable situation or the situation may change. But 
This is a result of praise and must not be the motivation for praise. Is that okay? You see, sometimes, I want you to get what I'm talking about. We may be, we may be putting praise as a way to get things from God. But that is not the excess of what I'm teaching you. What I'm teaching you is this, you praise God for ways, and in whatever condition you find yourself, not knowing what's going to happen. Are you following what I'm saying? You have no clue what's going to happen. You don't know the kind of change that will come. You don't even know how God is going to bring it to pass. You are not even thinking about that. You're just praising God for who He is. But I'm saying, in the midst of you doing that, a change will come to pass. Praise the living God. Amen? Praise is not a bargaining position. When we say all things work together for good, example again is that of Joseph. Praise is not a bargaining position. Praise is just who God is to you and your love for Him. Hallelujah. We don't say, I will praise you so that you can bless me, O Lord. No, that is not praise. Amen. Now I want to read a scripture for you to understand this a little bit. Psalm 37 verse 4. Psalm 37 verse number 4. I'll read it in the King James. I'll read it in the message translation. Um, so that you can see. And I'll read the Amplified translation as well. This is what he said. Delight. That is amplified. But let's take it. King James he said. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give thee what? The desires of thy heart. Delight thyself also in the Lord. And he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Now. Let's take it from message translation. He said, to praise God is to delight yourself in Him, like we're trying to see here. Let's get it from Amplified Translation again. Let me, let me quickly take it from Message Translation. Give me Message Translation. Praise the Lord. The Message Translation, if you can find it, or you just take the Amplify and we're done with that. Amplifier said, trust, lean, and rely and be confident in the Lord. That's verse 3. And do good. So you shall dwell in the land and fear surely for his faithfulness. And truly you shall be fed. That's, that's verse, verse 3. Verse 4. Say, Delight yourself also in the Lord. And will give you the desires and secret petitions of your heart. Praise the Lord. Alright. But message translation says this. Verse 3. Psalm 37. Get insurance with God and do a good deed. Settle down and stick to your last. Keep company with God, getting on the best. That's the praise. To keep company with God, relationship, fellowship, delight thyself in the Lord and will grant you the desires of your heart. Now, the word delight. Is the Hebrew word anag. Anag means to be soft and pliable. That is effeminate or luxuriously delicate. Now it means to spot self. To spot self. You know what it means to spot? Okay. How do I put it now? In Genesis 24. You able to see where the record says when Rebekah was coming to Isaac with Eliezer. Not just that alone. He first find Isaac, right? And then was spotting in the evening. And the final, who is that? So that is Isaac, your husband, and they put a veil. Is that okay? We also find a situation where I think Isaac and Rebekah were spotting when 
Abimelech saw them. To spot is to delight yourself. You are happy. Is that okay? You are just happy. I mean, irrespective of anything, you are happy even about the Lord. So when he says, spot yourself to the Lord, that's for me to delight. You are just happy with God. You are just grateful to God. You are just seeing God to be a faithful God. And what's the next thing? The Bible says, we'll grant you the desires of your heart. To be pliable means to be effeminate. In other words, every woman who is soft and pliable in the hands of the, of the husband definitely get whatever thing she wants. Is that okay? So God wants you to be pliable. He wants you to be soft. In other words, how do I pull this now? He wants you to be a wife unto him who has delight in him. That is the, the, the foundation of praise. You, you just sing, you adoring him, you glorifying him because he is who he is. Praise the Lord. You follow what I'm saying? You look at the case of Sarah. Now guess, guess what? Sarah and Abraham at their age were made to understand Sarah was still calling Abraham Lord irrespective of the fact that they have no child. So it was not a condition for Sarah to respect Abraham. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Yes. No, not, nothing was attached to the respect that he has for Abraham, but just that Abraham was the husband and he called the husband my Lord. So to be soft, to be pliable, to come to that place of being a feminine before God, that is praise. Delight yourself in the Lord and will grant you the desires of your heart. Amen? You just be pliable, you just be soft, you just come to that place of, you know, the Bible says like a hand meaning will stretch forth a hand towards the master. So also, David was writing, I'll stretch forth my hand unto the O Lord. Did you get that? So that's what we're talking about. To be pliable, to be soft, to be, you know, to adore the Lord, to glorify Him, to exalt Him. You just come to that place of knowing that God is God, irrespective of what the situation is. You just thank Him. You just glorify Him. I know this is a hard thing to do. I know this is a hard thing to be convinced on. But that is exactly what God intends us from the scripture to do. That we might bring glory, not just to his name, but that our desires might also be met. In other words, your prayers are answered when you become a praiser. Let me put it. You're not just praising him again at this time, like I said before, not because of what he can do. But the Bible is saying, when you delight yourself, when you see him to be somebody you can keep company with, when you find his fellowship to be a good one, then he's going to grant you the desires of your heart. Praise the living God. So like I said, means to be happy and need to be joyful. You are happy because of who God is. You are joyful anytime. That means to be delighting yourself. You are just happy for who God is. You are just happy for your relationship with God. You are happy that you are a believer. You are happy that you are a Christian. Irrespective of what is going on. That is giving praise to God and delighting yourself. Look at Isaiah 58 verse 13. Isaiah 58 verse 13. And the Bible says, If they turn away their foot from the Sabbath, from doing their pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, what's it? Delight itself in the Lord. And the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing their own ways, not finding their own pleasure, not speaking their own words. I want you to look at this. When you begin to get delight, to honor the things God honors, the things God wants you to honor, you honoring them. This time you are pliable, you're taking delight in the service of God, you're taking delight in the worship of God, you're taking delight in doing what you are supposed to do as a believer. That's what I'm saying. When you take delight in the Sabbath, the rest of God, I mean, if you understand the book of Matthew, Jesus said, Come unto me, ye that labor, and I'll give you rest. That is to say, I'll give you Sabbath rest. Amen? 
He is our true Sabbath. So he said, delight yourself also in the Sabbath. In other words, you delight yourself in God. You delight yourself in honoring Him. You are delighting yourself in doing that we bring honor to Him. What's the next thing that happened? Verse 14. Isaiah 58, verse 14. Then, listen to this. Thou shalt delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth, and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob, thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Did you get that? Now, in, in Psalm 37, verse 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and will grant you the desires of your heart. But when you look at this, Isaiah 58, I begin to say, when you begin to delight yourself in doing that, which pleases God in honoring Him, in that which He asks you to do in terms of service, that which has come to your mind in terms of worshiping the Lord, you delight yourself, you are not serving with grumbling heart, you are not serving, you are not coming to service with you know, an attitude of, well, let us go. You, you're not, you know, you, when you miss service, you feel the pains because you miss a relationship, communion, at that particular moment, when you start delighting yourself in this way, he said, I'm going to cause you to ride in high places of the earth. Hallelujah. And I will give you the heritage of who? Of Jacob. I'm going to make you see what the heritage of Jacob stands for. So I want you to understand what God is saying. The word delight is so, is so important. You know what? You are happy being in service. You are happy being in fellowship. You are happy, you know, being in relationship with the brethren. Knowing that the body of Christ has to do with the brethren. You are in good relationship. You are delighting yourself in the Lord. Amen? And in so doing, it will grant you the desires of your hearts. You, you, you honor the service of God. You honor the worship of God. And above all, like I said, you honor the body of pride because how to do with his own relationship you have it. In other words, when you have a relationship with the people in fellowship, you are having a good relationship with the Lord. In other words, you are honoring the Lord by having a relationship with the people. Amen? And it's I will cause your feet in order to be on high and in high places, going to make it to be in high places of the earth, and I'll feed you with the heritage of Jacob thy father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Praise the living God. So we begin to see what praise does. As we begin to praise God, we're delighting ourselves in the Lord, which is we are happy, we are joyful, we can speak good things about God, then things will gradually begin to come our way. Things will be turning around. So sometimes when businesses are not going well, just merely praising God, being happy with who God is, He begin to take you up. He begin to lift up your business. begin to transform you from the realm of a beggarly situation to that place of rich situation. Just because we are happy about who God is. Praise the living God. The key point in praise is joy and happiness. These are the key points. And again, you go back to the case of Paul and Silas, you see what I'm talking about. Those are the key points in praise. Happiness and joy. Amen? Hallelujah. So, when these two factors, these two ingredients are in our lives, I will keep on exercising them no matter what happens. The Lord said, I will cause you to ride in high places of the earth. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to sit you among, you know, the level, not down and no below. I take you up to a place where you begin to see that I've been able to exhort you because you take delight in my service, in my worship, in the sacrifice that you are supposed to make for my name's sake. And make you to ride in high places of the earth. Praise the living God. Let's look at the heritage of Jacob that he talks about. Because he said, I'll give you the heritage of your father Jacob. What was the heritage of your father Jacob that he said you were experienced? Why are you experiencing that? Because you're happy and joyful in serving the Lord. You speak good things about God. You delight yourself in Him. You are pliable. You're soft. You've been able to see yourself that of the truth. You are the bride of Christ. And you, you adore the Lord. You worship Him. You give Him the honor that is due Him. When you're doing all of this thing, you're praising God. Amen? Praise the living God. I remember one time I was in South Africa in a meeting. And uh, 
It was something a little funny, but I just tried to pick something from that. But what I'm reading. Now here is this least sister. I was the one to preach. And the sister was to conduct as the wife of the pastor. And she got on the mic. And the next thing, this lady started praising the husband. I mean, like this man just came from the moon. I am the one preaching, but you see the praise, the kind of accolade was given to the man. And everybody, you know, he was so honoring, so honoring. After preaching, I said, now he is the one to introduce the preacher. So all of the introduction he did was not the preacher, but the husband. You understand what I'm trying to say? Describing how good the husband is, describing how loving the husband is, describing how the husband has made her who she is, by accepting her ministry, everything, it was more or less a sermon. You understand what I'm saying? Before the man finally came out to introduce me. And you find that in the book of Ephesians, he says, honor your husband, respect your husband. So that's what we're talking about. As a church, as a believer, honor God. Give him praise. In the midst of the congregation of people, let God be lifted. Out of joy and happiness, knowing God is God. Anytime, anywhere, whatever condition, whatever situation, God is still God. Amen? So that's what we're saying here. And the Bible is saying, when you're doing all of that, it's going to lift you high, cause you to seek a high place, to ride in higher places. In other words, it's taking you out from a low level to a higher level, and then the next thing he said, it's going to feed you with the heritage of Jacob, thy father. So let's go down to Deuteronomy 32, verse number 10. The book of Deuteronomy. 32, verse number 10. I'm trying to give you the heritage of Jacob now. Here the Bible says, They find him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eyes. Now what you see, all of this in the heritage of, the, of Jacob that he said is going to feed you with. Look at that. He found him. You must, you must first of all understand, in the true sense, you did not. You know, no, commonly we say that. You know, sometimes when you speak, people say, before I gave my life to God. You, you didn't give your life. He found you. He found you. He sought you out. You don't have the ability to give your life to God. Jesus said, no man comes to me except the Father draws him. You don't have the ability. You were dead in sin and transported. No life in you. You can't choose. Amen? You can be a slave to only one man. You know, these are people get it wrong sometimes. As somebody out there in the street, you are dead. Dead people can't respond to stimuli. And get the point right. You can't even understand God. And so that's why sometimes when people say, Oh, God said, I played before you life and death. Choose life. No. He wasn't talking to the man in the street. He was talking to a believer. He was talking to the Jewish man who understands the scriptures. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, 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 you know, we, we get it wrong. Largely, when we, when we go to the man in the street and they choose. He can't choose. He's a slave to sin. Slaves have no right of their own. <laughs> Are you with me? Good. So when, when the scripture say, I play before your life and death, he's just telling the, the Jewish people, I have been able to instruct you, if you follow my laws, you will have life. If you reject my laws, you have death. He was talking to a people that instruction I'll be given unto. You don't use that to evangelize. You don't use that to preach to people. Praise God. You see what I'm saying here? So yeah, he's saying, I found you. If I want to look at Ezekiel, he told them precisely. He said, when you were giving battle, it's like saying you were in the gutter with all the blood on you. I find you, pick you up, clean you up, dress you up, and then you begin to grow like a woman. Now you decide to fall in love with idols. 
God found you. You can find yourself. You don't even know. You can see him. Hallelujah. So that's why you should actually honor him and respect him. That is why you should see that it's a major privilege that you have gotten, that others have not gotten. That you are a believer is the fact that God spotted you and called you to himself. You see, Jesus said the same thing to the disciples. Say, you have not chosen me, I have chosen you that you may bring forth. Is that okay? I chose you. Now, I explained this to you before. By the early times in Israel, you find that when a child is growing up, about the age of 12, the child goes out to look for a rabbi to follow and become a disciple. You go to the rabbi to go, and they begin to say, I want to follow you. And the rabbi begins to, begin to ask a question based on the Torah. That's the Old Testament. And based on your answers, he can say, okay, you lick my doors. In other words, be my disciple. Is that okay? So, but now, if you can't answer accurately, he will just let you go. Go by your father's business. So you see, people like Matthew, people like, uh, what do you call them, Peter... Simon, all of those people who were fishermen, James, it is simply because they couldn't find a rabbi to follow, to become disciples. So they have to go about their father's business. They have to do the trade of their father. Now Jesus went and located these people who do not have a rabbi to follow. In other words, they were not qualified to have a rabbi, so Jesus took the unqualified. That's why he said, I chose you, you never chose me. So you see him in the fishing thing, he went and called Peter out. He went to Matthew, a tax collector, doing a job for the Roman people. Remember, he was such a bad guy as far as the Romans were concerned, I mean, the Jews were concerned, because he was collecting taxes for Rome. You see that? You understand what I'm saying, right? So to them, he was such a bad guy. He went to pick him up. You come and follow me. You see, so he selected people that were rejected by the religious order of the day. That's why he said, I chose you. You never chose me. It's the same thing. You never found God. God found you. Praise the living God. Are you listening to me? I read a story of a girl that was dancing in a club. Stripers, whatever, you know, in a club. And... Um, one day, a man was passing by. First of all, the mother went to a brother and said, We need to pray for my daughter. I want this girl out of this kind of business she does in the night clubbing, all of those things, dancing, striping, whatever the case may be. And the man said, Well, we're going to pray for your daughter, but can we give thanks to God for your daughter? He said, What do you mean? Give thanks for my daughter who spent her life in the hotel? He said, let us give thanks to, to God for that. So they start praising God on behalf of the girl. Just giving thanks. And the mother said, God, I thank you. You have the best for her. But I thank you for her life. He just gives thanks to the father. That same week, somebody was passing by. And the Lord spoke to the person, go into that hotel. You're going to see a lady. And he, this guy went there, sat down. And here was this girl, striper, coming in, and she just came inside with this guy. And this guy looked at his lady and said, Jesus has something to give to you. And it's a free gift of life. And the lady said, what do you mean? I've heard about Jesus all this while. It's okay, but if that is the case, I want to accept the gift now. That was the end. The girl left the hotel. Because the man said, God is going to give you something. He didn't go there to say Oh, this thing you are doing, you're going to go to hell. This you are doing, you understand what I'm talking about? Say, God is going to give you something. Jesus will give you something. Something of eternity is going to give you life. A free gift. And the lady said, I now need a free gift. Right on that table there, she became a believer and left the hotel. The mother praised God with a believer. God sent somebody on there to cure her the gift of life. And every problem the woman was having on her head because of the girl that was in the hotel all came to an end because she joined the brother to do what? Give praise to God. You see what I mean? So God find you. That's what I say here. Bible says when you find him, Jacob, in the desert place, 
and the waves howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. Protection comes. This is part of the heritage of the servant. I mean, the heritage of Jacob that God gave to you because you delight in yourself in him. The Bible says, as an eagle stirred up her nest, fluttered over her young, spread abroad her wings, take them, bear them up on high. You know how the eagle does? When the, 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 the little ones are hushed and he wants to teach them to fly, only the eagle does that. He takes the young ones on his back, flies up very high and dives away. And the young eagle begins to fall down. And sooner or later, he just spreads the wings. That's how the eagles are trained to fly. God takes you up on high. He gets you to a place where you'll be able to be confident in your life. He brings you to a place of realizing that he cannot deceive you. Now when the eagle is falling down, the younger eagle is falling down, the major, I mean the, the, the mother eagle keeps watching. To a level, he comes under and gain, And the younger will land on the back of the old eagle. So God is saying, I can take you up high, but I will not allow you to fall down. Praise the living God. There's a place I take you to, and when you seems like you're falling down, I come and bear you up again. I keep taking you up until your strength is strong enough to fly all by yourself. That is how God handles us. So sometimes when you're falling, you think God is not there, but God is there. He's watching you. You see how much ability you can exercise. You see how much strength. He's training you. That's why you give thanks to God, because He will never forsake you. Praise the living God. The old eagle, the mother eagle, will not allow the young eagle to fall down. But it's going to take this thing high up into the sky, dive away from under, and then it begins to fall. When it looks like it's about to cry down, it comes down again, pick up the, the, the younger eagle. God is always trying you sometimes. God is developing muscles in your life, but allows your trials to come your way. So when trials come, it's about time you praise the Lord. Because your mother eagle is just about to pick you up again. Praise the living God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You don't have to be discouraged about life. You don't have to be confused about life. You got to see what God said. He will give you the desires of your heart. If only you can delight in Him. You can be happy. You can be joyful. He grants you the desires of your heart. Like the mother eagle, He's not going to allow you to fall. He's always there for you. And He spoke to your disciples, Lo, I with you to the end of the age. There's never a time God is going to have you. Can I hear an amen? Then he goes down and he says verse 12. So the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God with him. No strange God with the Lord. And then, I mean, with Israel. He was your only God. He was your only true God. Praise the Lord. Verse 13. He made him high ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the field. He made him to sort honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. Praise the Lord. To sort honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. That's a promise. They say that even the most barren places in the country should yield an abundance of aromatic and beautiful flowers from which the bees should collect honey. In the abundance. What he's saying is this. The place I'm taking you through. Might look dry. Might look like there is nothing in it. But I'm going to cause some beautiful things to come out of it. Now what he was describing is. I will allow flowers to grow. The honey bees come in. And then you'll be able to have honey. That's why I said he's taking them to a land flow with make honey. Only have to come and nest on the beautiful flowers that was coming up in such a dry wilderness situation and the honey was much available in those places. That's what he's saying. In other words, when you begin to delight yourself in the Lord, giving thanks, giving praise, what's the next thing that happened? Right in the situation you find yourself that looks dry, God will begin to bring abundance out of it. Hallelujah. It's going to bring abundance out of the situation. You see the place look dry. In fact, it is like where others are not succeeding, you're going to be succeeding. Why? Because you're giving thanks to the Father. Why? Because you're happy with the Lord. Just to be happy and joyful. Give Him praise no matter what happens. Where others are failing, you are riding off. Where business are drying up, your business is blossoming. Where men are complaining, you're giving thanks to God. 
Amen. That's what he's talking about. So I want you to pick it and I want you to get what I'm saying here. This is the heritage of the servant of Jacob. I mean the heritage of your father Jacob that he said will give to you. Amen. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob because you delight in me. As you give in time to me, the things that look difficult, they become easy for you. As you give me praise, the things that you're already confused about, a big understanding situation. As you give thanks to me, when people don't have an answer to a solution, you have a solution to the problem. Amen? So this is what the Lord is saying. And the Bible says, And even the top of the rock affords sufficient support for olive trees, from the fruit of which they should extract oil in abundance, and all this should be occasioned by the peculiar blessing of God upon the land. Because the Lord, God so blessed the land, even place where there were rocks, trees, I mean flowers were coming out of it. Only trees, flowers were growing in such a desert place. Amen? Praise the living God. Are you listening to me? You see, it takes life to survive in hard condition. You see, sometimes you go to the north, you see heavy rocks, and then you see big trees growing on the rocks. Have you seen things like that? I mean, it's only God that can allow such a thing to happen. These are rocks, but because they have their root deep down, they can still be able to grow. Where other trees might wither out, there are some trees that still grow up on such places, high and tall up. God is speaking to you this morning, that no matter the condition you find yourself, no matter what you see around going on, no matter all the situations around you, you're going to grow tall and strong. Why? Because you're giving praise and glory to God. You're just happy for who God is. You're just rejoicing for calling you to himself. You just know this. My God is more than sufficient. Praise the Lord. Amen. So praise God. It's a delight to serve in him. And so we come to the place where I need to instruct you on one or two things about this. If only you have been able to imbibe this. If only you have been able to receive what I'm talking about. If only you have been able to come to that conclusion that my God is more than enough. And when we say God is more than enough, it means my Eshadai. You know what that means? The double-breasted one. God is more than enough. He's a mother to us as Eshadai. Eloi is the father. He can chastise us for correction that will bring forth fruit of righteousness. But as a mother, he can breastfeed us. In other words, when you seem to be hungry, your mother watches over you. There is no time a mother can just abandon her child for any reason. As a matter of fact, a mother will prepare to go hungry for the child to be fed. How many of you understand what I'm saying? This is what God is saying to us as Eshadai. He is a double-breasted one. He will take care of you as long as you delight in him, as long as you give him praise and glory, as long as you come to the place to know, my Eshadai God will supply all my needs. Amen. Want you to understand this, people. This is so critical. This is so important for us to see. But there is something you need to do. Go with me to Matthew 6 verse 22. 22 and 23. Hallelujah. Matthew 6 22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore the eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. <laughs> Hallelujah. But if the eye be evil, the whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light is in thee, be darkness, how great is the darkness. Watch this. The light of the body is the eye. If the eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. That is, the eye is to the body what the sun is to the universe. In the daytime, or a lamp or a candle to a house at night, your eye is like the sun in the daytime. You can see because the sun is up. And if it is night time, maybe when you have a candle, maybe you have your light, the whole place can be brightening out. 
That's what Allah is saying. Your eye is a light to your whole body. And He said, if your eye is single, your whole body shall be full of light. It means your eye can be double. Hallelujah. You know, you have to have a bad eye view in serving God. You see, the eyes of the bird, they are on different sides, but they synchronize in picking up objects. Is that okay? If you have a bad eye, you're going to see colors differently. If a bad eye, you may not be able to see your way. You can't draw a straight line. If you have a bad eye, I mean, all manner of confusions comes your way. When one of your eyes or your back or your eyes are not functioning the way they are supposed to function. Guess what? One time I saw a man in a place, he has one eye, you know, was blinded, but another eye. But as he, I asked my mother when I was young, how is it that this man is able to do stuff the way he does them? I don't know who taught my mother whatever thing she told me, but she simply said, the power of this one eye has become double because this one is closed. <laughs> so it's like the whole energy of this other eye has moved down to the other side. Is that okay? Now you see, even though he has one eye, the eye is single, but it's as powerful as like you having two eyes. Is that okay? He can see color clearly, he can draw straight line, but when your eye is double, that is to say, you're double-minded. You see what the Bible tells us in the book of James? He said, clean your heart, yet double-minded. Is that okay? So you can have two minds. That means you can have two eyes. Praise the living God. And how do you see this? When your eyes become double, you are, by implication, acting this way. On the one hand, you see God who can do all things. And when he tries to give you trials, like the eagle taking you up, so that you can develop muscle through the trials, you begin to see the devil. You are double-minded. You have two eyes. You are not seeing clearly. Is anybody understand what I'm saying? Praise the living God. Listen to me. As far as God is concerned, even if you take wrong decisions, sometimes God can still work out something good out of the wrong decision because you delight in Him. Are you listening to me? Because your trust is the Father. He can turn foolishness into wisdom because you trust Him. Don't you ever, at any point in time, always bring in the devil when you are supposed to be praising God. Praise the living God. I can't forget the life of Joseph. It always ministers to me. Look at all the things that he passed through. As a matter of fact, the Bible said the word of the Lord tried him. What was he that was the word of the Lord? You're going to rule over your family, your father and your mother. When he saw in the dream, the level star bind down, the sword of the moon. The father said, what do you mean? You mean myself and your mother and your brothers, you are going to worship you, we're going to bow down to you. What's the next thing that happened? That's led him to the pit. Is that okay? From the pit to slavery, to be sold out, and then to prison. Get the picture right. All of those workings were the words trying him. Do you understand what I'm saying there? Praise the living God. But at the end, he became exactly who God said he should be. The stars, the level stars, the moon and the sun, which is the mother and the father, the end of the Bible to Joseph. I remember what he said. When they were crying and feeling sorrowful for what they've done, Joseph said, no, you don't need to cry. You taught it for evil, but God taught it for good. That means God is near you to do what you've done so that He can come here to preserve life. Are you following what I'm talking about? You thought you were doing me evil, but God engineered you to bring you down here. So that, I mean, bring me here before you because God knew there was going to be famine in the land and this is the only place where food is going to be so that I can get you here to the place where there is plenty and more than enough reserve. And then He goes to Goshen to go stay. He gave them a place to rest on. And like He told Him, 
only in the throne is Pharaoh higher than me. But God has made me a God unto Pharaoh. Anything I say is what Pharaoh does. Anything I say is what his people will do. I have become a God unto Pharaoh. You touch it for evil, but God touch it for good. So when men are trying to bring you down, don't let that be an issue with you. Just trust the Father. Just keep your eyes on the Father. Men may think it for evil, but God will turn that evil for good. Amen? Praise the living God. There's nothing to worry about in God. He wants you to rest in Him. That's why I said, well, you see, you just need to rest. Just try to rest. He show you the picture of the eagle. It's not going to allow you to fall. And just like a mother takes care of a baby, that's how God takes care of you. He said you become the apple of his eye. You know what the apple of the eye is supposed to represent? The eye cannot allow anything for an object to come. Before it comes, it shut down. You become so precious to God so that he watches over you. Whatever situation you are. As a matter of fact, I say it again. The Lord order the full step of the righteous. So no matter what you do, even if you made a mistake, he's going to order your full step. Hallelujah. Just delight in him. Just trust him. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, there is never a time God is going to abandon you. So let your eye be single. Trust Him. Believe in Him. Another one is, verse 23 says, If your eye be evil, then there's going to be darkness in your body. Now for the Hebrew people, for your eye to be evil is that you are not contented with what you have. Is that you are covetous. Is that you are always looking at what other people have. Is that you are trying to be jealous of other people have and you feel yours is not enough. That's an evil eye. Praise the living God. So if your eye is evil, you know what? You are trying to look at what people have and feeling that you don't have what they have. Your eye is evil. In that extent, you're trying to say, God has surcharged you. God has not blessed you like the other man. By implication, you're bringing God down. The praise is gone. The joy is gone because you don't have what other people have. What is that that is happening to you? You have an evil eye. Praise the Lord. You see, we were created differently. These fingers, they are not equal. And every of the fingers have their basic function. Is that okay? If you want to hold an object, you do this. If you want to clean your ear, you do this. And this is the teacher. You understand that? The apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher. Right? This is the teacher that gives you the tickling of your ears. They give you words and understanding. All of these terms, the fingers, they have their various functions. God has not designed all of us the same way. You have your destiny. You have a place for you. There is something God has preserved for your life. You just walk into it. Give Him praise and glory. Amen. Hallelujah. We are not the same. We are not going to have evil eyes. No, no, no. We're going to trust Him for who He is. We're going to thank Him for who He has made us to be. We are not going to use another man's life to determine what our life must be. We want to look unto the Father. A single eye person, somebody knowing that God is not sufficient, anytime, anywhere, giving thanks and happy, knowing that God has called you to Himself. And don't forget that. To whom He called, He justified. To whom He justified, He glorified. Praise the living God. There's a place for glory. You're going to be exalted, you're going to be glorified. Amen. You see, if you were the apostles of Jesus, all of them were killed. Even the early church, most of them were killed in horrible ways. I was watching a movie of one, I've forgotten the name of this one particular, not one of the apostles, but one among those that believe in the Lord. And now, they brought him to a place where they wanted to burn him alive. And so they set firewood all around the place, on a higher place. The whole place gathered. And then they tied him with a chain. And I asked him one more question. Will you renounce the Lord Jesus so that you can be set free? He said, no. If I've gone this far with the Lord, this fire will do nothing to me. Even if I'm consumed here, Jesus is still Lord. Amen. And I see this man where they came, these Roman soldiers brought fire. 
pouring gasoline and said the place ablaze. And this man was even smiling. I thought he was going to be crying. He was smiling. Sometimes when you come to the place where God really wants you to get back to him, you don't feel any pain anymore. He was no longer there. Praise the living God. It's like Stephen being killed. Instead of crying and wailing, he looked up and he saw Jesus standing. What do you mean Jesus standing? Why was he standing? I thought he was sitting down at the right hand of God. But he stand to receive him. When you see a general coming, the best honor you give to a general is to stand up. Jesus stood up because... Stephen was a general coming back home. Amen? Praise the living God. He wasn't feeling the pain. The next thing he said, Father, forgive them. Right? Don't count this sin, this charge against your sin. Don't allow this one. If you will judge them, don't allow them killing me. It will be part of what you judge them for. And I share something with you here sometime. Among the people that really killed him was Saul before he became Paul. Is that okay? Praise the living God. But now do you see why? One thing that definitely happened at the end of the day. When Saul was to die, I mean Paul, when they stoned him and they left him from dead, the Bible says the church came, just took around him and prayed and life came back to him. Why did he get his life back? Because somebody forgave him somewhere. The Bible says don't count this sin against your child. Don't allow this one to be part of it. Even though Saul was among the people that killed me, save his life. So Saul was saved because Stephen prayed. Hallelujah. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Praise the living God. So let your eye be single. Don't let it be doubled by enemies. By trying to covet another man's position. By trying to covet somebody's ministry. By trying to covet somebody's goal. Just be who you are. And be satisfied with that which God has given to you. Be satisfied with what God wants to do to your life. You have a destiny. You have a place in the scheme of things. God will definitely position you where you're supposed to be. Praise the living God. Are we together so far? I want you to pick it because it's very important for you to come to the place of receiving from the Lord. That which is supposed to be the heritage of Jacob, which he wants to bless you with, you have to come to that place, like I'm saying, of always rejoicing, of thanking him, of appreciating him, and in so doing, things will turn around. Praise the living God. Amen? Alright. So, I want you to, let's take a final scripture, and then I think we go to pray. But are you getting anything at all? Psalm 22 verse 24. 22 verse 24. I am so blessed in going through the study. I just wish you can pick up. Hallelujah. There are sometimes you do some things that ordinarily you don't feel like doing. But the kind of result that comes out of that later will amaze you. I want to assure you, the day you think you are sinking, that is where a live boat from the Lord will come to you. Hallelujah. He never abandons his own. He never forsakes his own. He's always there for you. See what David said. Even if I go down to hell, you are there. If I go down to the deep of the sea, you are there. So where can I hide from that presence? By implication, the eyes of the Lord is watching over you. That's why the apple of his eyes. Praise the Lord. Psalm 22 verse 24. Scripture says, For you have not despised, nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither he did his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. Amen. God have not despised, nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. What he's saying is, if you are afflicted, God has not abandoned you. He will not abandon you. He knows your condition. He knows your situation. He will not praise the Lord. Neither he hid his face from him. Never. He will not hide his face from you. Friends, you listen closely to what I'm saying. You know what? Even if you're going through some condition right now, God is resolving those things. He's losing you. From some of the afflictions that you find yourself. Because now you are beginning to trust him. Now you are beginning to believe him. Now you are beginning to see. That of the truth. God is who he said he is. Amen. 
You've got to take the war to heart. See, two days ago somebody gave me a testimony. I didn't even know. I was preaching in a meeting. And here was a man in the meeting with a serious back pain that defied medication. Doctors have tried and given up on this individual. The wife came and was speaking to me and said, The last time you preached in our church, my husband was just listening to what you were saying. And something began to walk through his back. By the time you finished your message, he was completely healed of the problem. I mean, the Bible says, Send for this word, and the word healed them. It's not all the time we lay hands. That is not only when you get your miracles. If you are afflicted, even as I'm speaking, God is losing you from the affliction. Hallelujah. You see, like we're saying, honoring the Lord. If the man was not in service that day, his back pain would still have been there. Can you get that? He said, if only you could honor my Sabbath. In other words, respect my days of worship. Respect the time of worship. Respect the assembly of the saints. If only you can do that, he'll visit you. If the man was not in service that day, God will have passed him by. He has been there all this while. He has been praying all this while. He has been fasting about it. He has met the medical people. But the pain was still there. The problem was still there. But just because he was where God was supposed to have him be, just the word coming alone, he got his healing. I repeat this again. Are you afflicted? Your affliction is being loose. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. He will not turn his eyes away when you are afflicted. He will not change his mind about you when you are afflicted. Once a son, always a son. And a father is always a father. No matter what happens, he is going to turn you loose. He is going to set you free. He is getting you out of your affliction. He is getting you out of your problem. Why? Because you give thanks to him. You praise him. You honor him. You delight him. You are happy and you are joyful that God is God. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 25. I just want to look at verse 25. Psalm 22 verse 25. David speaking and he says, My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. Hallelujah. I will pray my vows before them that hear him. The vows can be anything. But above all, it can be just the bows of your lips. The praise and the declaration how God is, how faithful God is in the midst of the congregation of the assemblies of the people. I will pay my vow. I will make that declaration. I will let people know God has not forsaken me when I was afflicted. He said he will not forget our the affliction of the afflicted. He will come through for you. And so David said, no, in the midst of the congregation of the people, I am going to praise God because he never abandoned me when I was afflicted. Afflicted. Amen. This is what we're talking about. That's why if God does some things for you, don't keep your mouth shut. Make a declaration. Speak to the congregation. Let the people know how faithful God is. Let the people know how good God is. Praise the living God. David said, I'm not going to keep my mouth shut. When I was afflicted, you delivered me. When I had the issue, you showed up. Now where best do you think I'm going to let people know about this? Right in the midst of the congregation. Hallelujah. When you come out to speak about God, you give Him praise. When you come out to say what God has done for you, you give Him praise. Men are beginning to say, don't forget the definition of praise. It's to say good things or to write good things about somebody or something. So when you come and say, God did this for me, you praise in God. Because somebody will say, well, but I don't know how to sing. We are not talking about singing. This is more than singing. This is beyond singing. You can sing, glory to God for that. You can sing, you can say something good about God. Hallelujah. Do you understand what I'm saying? And that is exactly what God intended us to do. And for the sake of that alone, that sister came to me a few days ago and he said, I need you to pray for me. And I said, what is the issue? She tried to mention, what is it? And he said, I had a dream. What was the dream? That I was in this dream, I had an issue, and then you give me a bottle of Sprite to drink. And by the time I finished drinking the Sprite, 
I was made whole. That's why I have to come. That was the same person, the husband, God, the healing. And he began to see something because of the testimony, because of what the husband said. There's a connection in the spirit. And God is beginning to say, if I can do this for your husband, I can do this for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you don't keep your mouth shut. When you speak about the good things of God, the person you are talking to can have faith to believe into the God that did that same thing for you. That's the purpose and the glory of testimony. In that case, you're honoring God. You're glorifying God. You're worshiping God. Amen? Praise the living God. Are you happy thus far that God is God? Are you happy thus far that God is faithful? Are you happy thus far that God is able? He is able to do all things. He is able to fix your situation. He is able, no matter the affliction, God is going to come through for you. Praise the living God. That's why we give thanks to Him. That's why we honor Him. That's why we glorify Him. Because He's more than able. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. God is faithful. Come on, give a clap of praise to the Lord. And stand up while we give Him praise. Stand up while we give Him thanks. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.